0: Hey, welcome to season three of Workplace Trends with Liz Elam. For this season, we're concentrating on the real estate industry. Let's talk about the future of everything real estate. And if you want to learn more about the flexible workspace industry or the future of co-working, you should be following us at gcuc.co. That is our website. You can sign up for our mailing list. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and you can find me on LinkedIn. My name Is Liz Elam, E L A M, which is also male spelled backwards. So there you go. Interesting fact. Okay, let's get to it. Workplace Trends with Liz Elam starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Workplace Trends with Liz Elam. We are focusing on real estate this season, and I am super happy to have a fellow Aggie, a fellow Austinite, and also a fellow real estate and workplace obsessed friend Karen Davenport joining us this morning. Karen is the founder of KTD Strategy and they focus on corporate real estate and workplace strategy. I think I've said the word strategy a few times. But anyway, welcome, (laughs) Karen. How are you this morning?
1: Oh, I'm wonderful, Liz. Thanks so much for having me. I didn't know we were fellow we were fellow fellows. So, yes,
0: I'm pleased to be here with you. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And if you guys don't know out there in listening land, Aggies represent for other Aggies. It's just a thing we do. If you went to Texas A and M, you are bound for life, and it's just a thing.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: And for those of you that don't know, Karen has had a great career and she's worked on real estate strategy with such big names as Amazon and AMD. And so I thought she would be the perfect person to bring on and talk a little bit about what's happening in the world today from more of a corporate standpoint. And so, Karen, first, though, before we jump into all the businessy stuff, I'd love to hear how you are, like how you are as a person. Meaning, right now in this right now. place and time, right now.
1: So I just have to say I am grateful. I am incredibly grateful to be where I am. Um, as Liz says, we're in Austin. I'm rooted in at home, and that is exactly where I wanted to be. And I've been able to help, assist, advise all from home um, in these very real and tumultuous times. And it's been a blessing to be able to to make myself available to companies that are going through something unprecedented. And so I'm really happy to be in this space, in my space, and to be of service. And so I think that's what's really the light spot in in all of this for me personally.
0: I love it. And you just hit on so many things that are actually keys to happiness. You know, one is being grateful. And if people that practice gratitude daily are happier and people that are of service to others. That's something like somebody asked me what in time, like, what do you want to be remembered for? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to be remembered for being of service to others.
1: Indeed. I, I, I see that now it's it's taken somewhat of a, a crisis for many people to really feel that. And um, once you get that feeling, you, it doesn't go away and mm-hmm. um, it's here to stay, which makes me very happy too.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, speaking of the great change, you know, COVID kind of put everything on its ear. We all went home for the year year-ish work-from-home experiment, and now we're coming out of it. And, you know, we've been talking about it juicy for well over a year and a half about how you know, a lot of this shift is going to be driven by corporations because I really feel like they had to overcome their fears around security and intellectual property. And just we, we all had no choice but to let it go and let people work from home. So, how are corporations thinking about the workforce now? Yeah,
1: that's been very fascinating. Um, during my career in you know, real estate facilities, I've worked many times with HR, but usually it's an afterthought or a, a crisis situation. It's not true partnership. And this is true 100% partnership with HR as they are the outreach and the heartbeat, um, as they say, with the employees. And I've been so impressed from the very beginning, from the from the get-go, how much outreach was there was to employees. How are you doing? And and it could be anything. It could be I have a physical need that needs to be taken care of, or I'm just completely worried. And so there's been so much of that back and forth. It has nothing to do with workplace or real estate, but I've been along for the ride and understanding how to complement that outreach to employees. And now, I mean, we've been talking about returning since like last June, you know, there was this, we thought it would last three months. So how do we return safely? So there's been so much um, HR facilities, IT, business continuity, core team forming that I would love to see that just continue. So I think that the value in that core team and their abilities to really understand how to deal with the crisis, but also plan long-term for the return is very valuable. So I would say that within a corporation has changed there and should not return to our individual siloed ways of going about taking care of um, the employees. I think that should persist. And with that, you get all of that rich the dynamics, the understanding. So I think that's really changed. And I've seen so many C-suites just just really care about how their people are doing and want to know how they're doing. And that's different,
0: right? Yeah, that's like straight up revolutionary.
1: Yes, correct. So that shift is there. And this is the moment to really embed that in the way we do things. And so I'm an advocate for keeping these teams together I'll say in perpetuity, but to formalizing it, that we're always checking in with how employees are doing as the business needs change as something big. It could be an exciting change within the business, but really always staying connected will just have such a better outcome than planning in silos from real estate to facilities to technology. And then, oh yeah, how are the employees doing with all this was the way I really experienced it in the past.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing that's so interesting is, you know, pre-pandemic, and I've probably said this a million times, anybody that listens to me has heard me say it, you know, pre-pandemic, it was about talent retention and attraction. And post-pandemic, the number one thing keeping CEOs up at night globally is going to be talent, attraction, and retention. (laughs) But now it's totally changed. And one of the things I love, quite frankly, is that the younger generation votes with their feet. Like, If you're like, you have to come into the office every day, they'll just quit. And I think that's great. That's the voice.
1: Yes. We've there's a there's such a conduit now for that voice you know everyone needed to be on a platform where you could see all comments and it just really allowed them to open it up like it was scary right like who knows what people are going to say on these things but they took it in stride and i think they can deal with it better now like i understand it's not a threat it is you are telling me how you feel and i'm taking it seriously rather than let's write a response to that, you know, have someone always trying to respond. It's like, mm-hmm. let's take it in and not write a response, but do something with it. So I agree that there is, um, I love the vo- hearing the voice and it's everywhere. I mean, it's Washington Post, New York Times, it's everywhere. You can't, in, in, anyone I say, I do workplace, they're like, oh, did you read this article? Right. I'm like, yeah. It's <laughs> so gratifying that everyone mm-hmm. knows what I do now, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it's it's out there and you're right. It's it's not gonna change in September when everyone comes back. I mean, I think that's that's a time, a moment in time that we have right now to pay attention.
0: Well, it was interesting, you know, the I was on a clubhouse last week and I was saying I'm a little bit surprised sitting in Austin, Texas in a co-working space. We saw people come back in June. I thought it was going to be September as well. There was an operator on the phone who was from Chicago and she's like, no, I thought it was September too. It was June. So I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people that aren't waiting for their corporation to tell them what to do. Came back to the office in June. And, you know, I think a lot of people won't wait till September. And here's the other thing if you wait till September, you may not have space in your local co working <laughs> space. That's such a good perspective for me
1: because, as corporate, they're looking at their portfolio of what they already have and already obligated to, and trying to understand. What's it going to look like? Um, and, and I think they need to broaden. This is where the strategy would come in, Liz. Is like, let's, let's just broaden everything and say, what would I love to have if I could have what I wanted? And we all know they want flexibility. corporate corporations, corporate real estate would love to have more flexibility than what they have because they have to make long-term commitments. And then the space is, you know, 15 years old and it doesn't suit them. And that's the whole gig is like, how do you get ahead of it? So flexibility is what they want, and they're looking at a a portfolio that may not be so flexible. So if they, this is what I would advocate is look a little bit broader because they might need to shed space that isn't serving them. And they may need to take advantage, to your point, of very flexible space that is really what they need now. And I think people are coming back in June because most companies, CEOs wanted people to come back and they're sending the message. We want you to come back, but it's voluntary, right? It's like, but only if you feel comfortable. And then September is the date that I've heard of schools will be back. People will be, Mm -hmm. you know, able to plan their lives. And so that's the expectation that you come back in September. Now, some go out farther, let some go to the end of the year and such, but that's kind of the trend that I've seen is June is we'd love to have you come back you know, fill out the form, you know, make sure you're safe. And then September is this is when we really expect people to come back. That's, it's kind of Mm -hmm. the... The rhythm that I've seen.
0: Well, and it's it's um, it's interesting to me that not all corporate real estate folks are even aware that there's this whole co working faction that isn't WeWork. WeWork is just like the sliver at the top. The rest of the industry is typical small to medium business size owners that are making it happen day to day often in suburban rural outside the center areas which are also where people want to be they don't want to commute they don't want to drive downtown so you know I just highly encourage if you're listening to this and you don't know about it just google co-working at near your address and I bet you'll be surprised and also the other thing is it's if you go to a co-working space and that doesn't suit you go try another one there's mm. all sorts of variety in co-working and you know the other thing we hear about all the time right now, Karen, is the corporations are going to hybrid and they're going to hub and spoke. Is that what you're hearing? And then just to double up questions, because I tend to do this, so apologies. The other thing I'm super surprised that I'm not hearing about, but I'm shocked, is like what I think every corporation should have been doing during this time is reconfiguring the corporate office, right? Making it more collaborative, putting in more rooms for people to focus and more meeting rooms and making it more flexible. But I don't hear a lot about that. And I'm just curious if that's happening and I just don't know about it. So just to go back. (laughs) I'm (laughs) asking two questions
1: sure well i think the and i'll address kind of the the non uh, familiarity with all the forms of co-working many corporate real estate groups are they rely on external real estate service providers who make commissions on what they lease or sell you and so that's not their moneymaker, right? Co-working, and I'm not versed in this, Liz. So jump in when there's something to say. Like, here's the trend there, but it's just it's harder. Like, you have to try harder. Like a, a real mm-hmm. internal real, real estate person would need to say, "Hey, I need to investigate in city or suburbs of city X. What's out there? And if it's not coming to you through your real estate broker or your service provider, that's the that's the extra extra mile. You know, pun intended." on getting familiar and comfortable and selling it to your internal folks. And you and I had a little bit of this conversation, how there's a barrier to going to something that's not traditional or a company hasn't used before, if it's security or, you know, there's just, yeah, you got to get everyone comfortable. So the real estate, corporate real estate person or facilities person has to go get the rest of the company comfortable with it. That if they're behind they, they could have spent this time doing that. That I think would have been really beneficial and they still can. Um, but instead, I think they were, I'll just tell you, I think they were going with every month, what is the latest? When can we come back? How do we keep people safe? Do we have what we need in the facility? So they're so focused on business continuity that mm. planning for the, when the return was all about safety, security, people feeling comfortable, coming back to their current place of business. Like the change upon change upon change was a, was a purposeful decision in some cases to tell everyone to come get their stuff, completely reconfigure the space and come back to something that looks foreign to them like that was a discussion. And some people did it, right? Some people like, no, we know that this is the right thing to do. We can do this. And, and the larger, less agile, more conservatives, I think just did not want to introduce yet another layer of change and uncertainty when their employees came back. If that mm. kind of gives you a sense of maybe the conversations that happened.
0: Yeah. Like I get it, but also... Like we're in this like time where we have the opportunity to be better, do better, support our people better, address mental health. And like part of it is like, hey, corporate America, like you've got to go explore. You've got to go find better places. You've got to be open to things that are outside of the boundaries and your people will tell you about them. We hear about people all the time. That are going into co-working spaces because their corporation isn't moving fast enough to meet their needs and they need to get out of their house because you know what the kids are home the dog barks (laughs) the doorbell rings (laughs) you're not sitting in an ergonomic seat. Right. Yes. Yes. And so I do
1: think that this is the moment for this, what was called third place. You know, Mm -hmm. the language matters. All of this remote work from home makes you think of a person in the basement, like huddled in there, you know, like that's the way people used to think about people who who just work from home. And it's so different. And I don't have the language, Liz. And I think some of this is getting that language out there. Like. Having all these publications that write about it, maybe infusing some of this language. We did get to hybrid. You know, that's (laughs) that's a thing. You know, corporate America does not move that quickly, though. So they wrap their heads around hybrid, and so it's there. And so I think you're right. I think that let's let's change the the persona. Let's show personas of people, which we can do through these flexible work programs that says, Hey, I'm Liz, I'm a marketing specialist. And here's how I do. Here's how I work. I come to the office, you know, once a week or twice a month or whatever for my, to get with my team I work from home some, I travel and I use these fantastic co-working places. like that could be part of the persona and once it's okay for Liz to do it that HR said it was okay, it's going to it's going to be proof. like we've proven we can work mm-hmm. quote unquote from home. We haven't proven that if you let people choose where they work, like how that's going to be, right So mm-hmm. again, corporate needs the data needs to be shown. So I think you do need some pioneers out there. And I'm just brainstorming this, but you have, and I always say sales and marketing teams are usually the most um, inventive and the most, uh, you know, they're most up for an exploration and they could be the ones that go out there and say, let us do it. Let us show the way. And so I think getting those executives on board with this helps to have an executive do it. Like everyone in the C-suite comes in every single day into their office and sits there. That is what a lot of people are going to gravitate to, whether consciously or unconsciously. That's what we are trying to break that chain of the leaders are saying one thing and doing something else.
0: Yeah. And I think it's actually a misnomer that or misconception that co-working spaces are just for freelancers or tech startups or solopreneurs because... I'm here to tell you, I ran a co-working space in Austin, Texas for nine years. And the last two years, we had e y in one of my offices. Like Corporations have been in co-working for a long time. It's just not everybody's discovered them yet. But when they do, what they find is this space that's already set up, that's already ergonomic, that already has free coffee, that already has meeting rooms that is producing events that your employees want. And then we've got the data, which was published in Harvard Business Review, that 89% of the people that work in co-working are happier, which is how we started this out. Like, what if there was a <laughs> yes. solution that helped to make you happier, which is what we all as humans are after? So, yeah, it's just it's just another part of the puzzle, I think, for corporations is flexibility and allowing people to do what they want. And if you don't, they're just going to quit.
1: Well, I I really love what you said about all of the outcomes because those are outcomes that you didn't say translate into business. If you got facilities, IT and HR to say, these are the outcomes from co-working. It's a plus on my side. It's like if IT says, yep, they, you know, it's great because They have steady internet and we're not dealing with, you know, the person at home that's got Mm -hmm. issues, real estate all day long. It's like, it saves you space and, and real and money. And HR is like, we've got this happiness factor, or we've been able to satisfy a part of the, the population that we haven't in the past. And this is it. I think that's what I'm envisioning is this core team that has come together because of a crisis, but should stay together and would have metrics about co-working on each of their, you know, and this is Mm -hmm. corporate speak, right? A metric is a good thing. So Mm -hmm. you've just given all of that, but if it can, if it only comes through a real estate solution, sometimes it's not heard and not embraced. And so I'm just thinking that co-working is a solution that doesn't ride just with real estate. It should have advocate in HR.
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, and so mm-hmm. it's it's that kind of advocacy that's kind of from the from the bottom up, but it's a real solution that you can put paper and, and pencil and and show how it works. And to your point, it's not just for the startup, and it's it's not been that way for a long time. But I have to tell you, if there is something about corporate, it takes it takes a long time to remove. <laughs> um, uh, some kind of opinion that's been out there. Um, so I think what you're doing is just right. It's like, we get it into these various avenues within the corporate, I'll call it corporate services. And that is how it will turn into something that of course we do this, you know, employers of the future use coworking, right? Like,
0: yeah. So one that's of the things the tagline, I know all of my listeners are thinking about is they are these small and medium-sized business owners out all across the globe. And they're like, okay, well, I live in Austin, Texas, and I know that Dell is here. Whom should I reach out to at Dell to let him know I'm here?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say... Um I would say st- facilities um, and facilities in real estate can be different in, in corporations. They're, they can be in different organizations, but they, when they're together, they're the most potent, but facilities managers like IFMA, which I'm sure you probably know about IFMA oh, yeah. international. Yeah. Um, facilities managers are the boots on the ground. They know the market. They know what's out there. They keep their ear to the ground. And they're always looking for solutions. They do then say, hey, real estate, we have a, you know, we're expanding. Why are we building? Why are we doing brick and mortar? Why don't we try this? Like there is that relationship. So I think facilities um, on the ground would be a really good idea. Um, I do think HR really has a role to play now. They've just they've been thrown into the fire with workplace because of this situation, and they're much more understanding of the language and how they play a part, and that they do represent the employees. So I know there are HR forums um, that get together, and so I think that's a perfect way to bring things together. Certainly locally, I would I would I would really look at the facilities managers and your local HR um, representatives who who live. In in, this, in the area that you're providing a service to.
0: Yeah, great. That's awesome. Good advice. Thank you. Another thing that I see in the press a lot, and it's died down a little bit, but people are talking about, is the office dead? Is the office dead? And I'd love to hear your perspective on traditional office. Is it dead? Are we going to see just people just exiting buildings? What's going to happen?
1: Well, at the beginning of the pandemic, I, was, I really just envisioned pretty much the traditional office with hierarchical, you know, offices with then a sea of cubicles where your elbow to elbow has to go away. I mean, it just, it's crazy. So when you look at it, it's not healthy. It's not even sustainable at this point. And it's certainly not what people want. So I was sort of thinking like, yeah, I would say that should, go away. That should die. Now, do people need a sense of place and want and desire a sense of place? And do they want to come together? Absolutely. So there will be place, you know, companies large and small want to have that camaraderie and want people to come together. And yes, many people feel like that's their home or their second home. And so that's not gonna go away. And so what I think is happening is we do have to reimagine it. We have to think about the purpose of why we're here. Are we in a building because we can put a sign on it and we get recognition You know, downtown? Is that why we're there? Are we there because we need clients to come into you know our address? We'll have a small footprint where you need it and then where do people live and where do people want to be? And that is what I think we'll see. And it's it's sort of the pendulum, you know, kind of goes out to the suburb and then it comes back into the, you know, central business mm-hmm. district. It kind of ebbs and flows. And I think it's okay. I think it's okay that it does that. And I think it needs to go back out to where people live and want to be. And that may not be forever. So I don't think there's any, you know, 100% one way or the other but I think this is the time to acknowledge that and you know real estate needs to get ahead of it because they need to build where people want to be you know and we we vote with our feet you know as tenants Mm -hmm. like no I, I don't I don't need this I don't want this I don't need this so for real estate to say hey to make money I need to go out and invest in these other communities they'll do it they will do it if we vote with our feet yeah um So there's no 100, it's not dead. Um, Like like you and uh, Kay said, maybe if we could just change the word office, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to do that, but I'm game. I'm game for someone really creative to come up with it. But yeah, I think it's a place. It's a sense of place and it's a belonging that people want.
0: Yeah, that's so eloquent. I completely agree with you. And that's why they do need to be redesigned with things like Kay mentioned, like neurodiversity and you know, really thinking about what's the best use of this space. And the other thing is, you know, younger generations also are very interested in, you know, what you believe in as a company and where you invest in as a company. And they're going to be looking at you to make smart moves and smart moves for the environment and smart moves for the economy. And so, you know, you have to really think about if you want to attract the next generation, what are you doing to provide Amazing, sustainable, economically smart and sound real estate decisions.
1: Yes, and I think the good news is we do know how to do it. I mean, that information is out there, and it's Mm -hmm. been out there. You know, the well building has come up, and it's it's there. I mean, if if someone wants to be as a corporate, a responsible corporate citizen, they know (laughs) it's not a mystery. Like we know how to make spaces. More sustainable. We know how to um, incorporate human beings into our spaces. Um, that's not the corporate real estate footprint that exists today. Mm-hmm. It has to change. And so, again, I think that the the smaller changes are going to create that movement. And small, mm-hmm. I just mean you may not see it on you know the splashed on the front page. But what's splashed on the front page is for a reason. You know, it's these smaller micro moves that people are making that you'll you'll see. And then the big corporations tend to like follow, believe it or not, they they seem like they're leading, but they actually kind of mm-hmm. follow. And that's okay. I mean, that's okay. It's just we we don't need to follow Google and and I won't name a whole bunch, but we don't need to follow them. I don't mm-hmm. think they have the right answer, but what they're doing, maybe is business savvy, maybe it's business savvy and, and maybe they're doing it for a different reason because they, they, they get press, right? That's a mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of things are done to, to be seen as a leader in something. And, and that's okay. Just know that's the game, right? That doesn't mean that fits your company. That doesn't mean that's the best solution for you. And that doesn't mean that that's sustainable for you and your company. So every, every strategy starts with business needs and desires. Every strategy, whether it's HR, real estate, workplace, it has to fit you. And then for, for workplace, you look at the needs and the desires of the, the, the human beings in that space. How do they do their best work? Yeah. You build that yourself and, and there, there's a process and there's a way, but you can't take someone else's and put it on top of your business and assume it's going to work. That's just not the way, that's just not a recipe.
0: Following is not the recipe. Yeah, leading it's a recipe and breaking the mold, break the mold. You know, it's like, don't waste the crisis. This is the Mm. moment to change things.
1: Yeah, and we've seen so many incredible—I think—act of human kindness, and people really relate to that. So don't stop. Why would we stop doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so listening and acknowledging, and what I see, unfortunately, and I would—I would, I would uh, say this is something to look out for—is if you have poll surveys and you're asking people a lot how they're doing, what they need, and then your actions are not in line with that. Mm-hmm that's where people go, I'm walking. Not because you made a decision they didn't like. It's because your intent was not in line with what you said. Like you asked, if you just tell them why at this time we cannot do X, Y, Z, we are doing this. Like Mm -hmm. they may may still say that doesn't satisfy
0: me, but it's not the same as when you break that trust. So So it's so interesting because I just sat across from my brother at breakfast last week when his large corporation told him he had to be back in the office the following week. Uh, and he was mad. He was mm-hmm. crestfallen. He was frustrated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he said they're just a really old corporation and they are going to just do this no matter what we say. And and I'm like, then then leave. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I can't because you know, there's that mentality that you're so far in and you're so close to retirement or whatever. And I'm like, you know, life is too short. If you hate being in the office, then stop being in the office. Mm. And he's going back. Absolutely pissed off. Mm. That's, that's so preventable,
1: right? Yeah. Why one week? Why? Right. Why? There's yeah. no reasonable why. If you don't have a reasonable why, that's what pisses people off, right? Like right. something and the- happened and we need to do this, but I will give you grace. Like if, if, if you need another, like there could have been so many other ways to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, clearly I think they have been surveyed, and he's made it very clear mm. that he's completely opposed. And their answer is because at the top level, we're just really conservative. That's not a good
1: reason. You know, when you asked if the office was dead, uh huh, um, that response, office is dead. That corporation, <laughs> that that system is dying. It, I mean, we can see it, right? Like, that's that they're the architects of their own demise at this point. I know that sounds really kind of, I don't know. It's not doomsday because they need to change and mm-hmm. they'll either change or die. That's yep. what's said, right? Totally. In business, they'll either change or die. Now, you decide whether you can be part of that or not, right? Like, you decide. Mm-hmm. They're just so off. And and not every company is doing that for sure. There are many companies that even though they want everyone to come back and they're not sure what to do, they're giving them and I would say they're they're it, they're giving them a graceful way to come in and they're giving them notice mm-hmm. um, and they're listening. And again, in the end, they're going to tell you whether you come into the office or not. Yeah, Most like right, they're go- they're going to have to make that decision, and it's not going to suit everyone. But that doesn't mean. You have to burn the bridge and walk out. It may be you guys just don't get it and I can't be here long term. And that's an internal decision you mm-hmm. make. And then yeah. you find a better place, right? Like it that would be that might still happen, but it wouldn't happen in a way that everyone feels bad or, yeah. or or it's unnecessary. So I yes, I have I have seen that, you know, it's our way or the highway, and I've made my decision. And I just think those are that's just not, not gonna cut it.
0: No, future. no, you can't do that anymore. Well, I have two quick questions for you. One is if somebody wants to get in touch with you or even hire you and work through some of this, how can they reach you, Karen?
1: Honestly, the best, my my Gmail is the very best way to to get to me. And it's DavenportKG at gmail.com. And Or LinkedIn. LinkedIn is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's Karen Karen Davenport, K-A-R-E-N-D-A-V-E-N-P-O-R-T. Find me. I've gotten so many, so much through LinkedIn. Um, but that's, I just like my Gmail because
0: I always answer it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. And then lastly, you know, we started out talking about how you are and that you're so grateful and that you're being of service, which is awesome. So what, what else have you learned during this crisis? Crisis that's gonna that you're gonna keep going forward in regards to taking care of yourself.
1: Mm. So it's okay to need what you need and want what you want, just honor that. I would say for anyone, just be in touch with that because in the end, I think that that's all we kind of took a big step back. And we had to get real with what we actually need. And when your needs are met, you're then able, I think, to open up and and see what others need and be of service. But you need what you need and it's it's okay. And you don't need anyone to validate that for you. And so I would say making that choice for yourself really opens you up to be generous. Mm-hmm. And generosity is what I've seen and witnessed and been part of. And I... I Again, not going to go back. This is the way we live Mm -hmm. now.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. That was great. Gave me goosebumps. And it's just like, if you didn't take this time to sit back and reevaluate your life and your trajectory and embrace the fact you didn't get COVID and die, like you're here for a reason. What are you going to do?
1: Mm-hmm. the other thing that just came to me while you were speaking is everybody needs help we cannot yes. do this 100 percent on our own so be able to ask for what you need and there is someone there for sure
0: mm-hmm.
1: that wants to and gets pleasure and and gets the goosebumps from helping you absolutely so we you know it's that, it's that, it's that um, vulnerability that, that comes out, but um, you can just tell people want to help each other and letting them help you is a gift.
0: Absolutely. That's the good stuff. That's all the Bernay Brown vulnerability mm. stuff, yeah. you know, just that. <laughs> yes. It's so Love good. Her. Love her. Another Texan. She went to the wrong university, but we want to hold it against her. That's right. That's <laughs> right.
1: That's right. She did. She did. <laughs> Love her.
0: Yeah, well, Karen, this has been such a blessing to get to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Oh, Liz, thank you for the
1: opportunity. It just warms my heart. You're out there doing this and um, and just creating this way to bring out the best in people. I think, and I would love to hear more about co working. And I'll be listening to the podcast. And I will be. I'm not going to say selling it because it it will sell (laughs) itself. But
0: um, I'd love to be an advocate. I'd love to be an advocate. Thank you. We'd Mm -hmm. love to have you. And that's it for today, folks. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button and like us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for Workplace Trends. We are so excited that you joined us. Please make sure you hit the subscribe button and follow us to learn more about the future of work, the future of co-working, and the flexible workspace industry. We'll see you next time for season four.